Welcome to the More Than Hearers podcast. My name is Orion. I'm in a room with Peter Willis. What? It's it's not like a glorious room, but it's technically a room. One of the walls is a garage door. Is that giving too much? I was going to refer to it as the More Than Hearers studio, but now that you've alluded to there being a garage door, it seems sort of dishonest. Studios can have garage doors. Oh, then yes, it's the more than today I learned. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk some Bible on this show. Um, also, we're in um, episode forty-one of this podcast, and we have contact information that to get. Uh, that to get that. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Boop. Uh, we're going to give you some contact information so you can hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash more than hearers. If you're on Instagram, Peter's managing that account. You can see there at more than hearers. We're on, what's wrong? You made a face. <laughs> Let it go. It's true. Keep going. I did. Okay. I, I was trying to open the uh, more than hearers Instagram page and it crashed on me. Go ah, ahead. That would, that's face worthy. Behavior right there. Okay, so the other thing, uh, we're individually contactable. Uh, Twitter, uh, I'm Orion Plays Music, Peter's at MTH underscore Peter. And we would like if you would review us in your podcast app of choice, uh, favorably would be the preference, and leave a, leave a review, leave a rating and a review if you'd like. And then uh, think lastly before getting into the most fun stuff of this episode uh, until we get into the, the – I don't know. I'm pretty excited about it, um, and Peter doesn't know it's coming. But so the last thing was we're going to uh, ask if you like, you can give a donation to further the outreach of this bizarre ministry. The More Than Hearers podcast. It's bizarre. <laughs> Isn't it? I, you and maybe? I talking for like upwards of an hour sometimes. Okay. It's bizarre. I mean, I don't know. If you're, if you're liking it, then welcome to that bizarre community that, we've, uh, that we're trying to have here. Anyway, podcast at morethanhearers.com through the PayPal thing. So you go to PayPal and then you go, uh, yeah, give... Uh, to a friend or whatever, and then podcast at morethanhearers.com, which is our email address, which should have been with the Facebook mention, podcast at morethanhearers.com. Anyway, uh, that's all a disaster, but I'm going to leave it. And food reviews! Food reviews! What? Oh, I had heard about this. I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Put one in my hand. My eyes are closed. Okay, you get snack size. All right. Um, all right, I'm back. So, because of the success, the success of the ketchup chips and scones, uh, we've got something else that was mentioned by Peter in, I think, episode 39? I think uh, so. You're talking about uh, another Canadian favorite, which is... Uh, uh, is it Ruffles only, or do other... No, can- no, no. Old Dutch is, is Old better. Old Dutch, gotcha. But, uh, so, we have Ruffles variety, all-dressed chips... And last time we talked uh, food instead of Bible for a little bit, it was because we were trying to avoid a subject. I don't think we're doing that here. I just wanted to try these Canadian chips from friend of the podcast, Jeff. Thank you in advance, Jeff. Why aren't these in America? They are. They have a Safeway. 
What? Nah. But then it'll look like this. What do they call them? All dressed chips. I've never seen them. The bag looks different. Never seen them. This bag comes from Canada. Yes. Therefore, the whole bag is also in English and in French. So ours aren't. Oh, at all. So these are just regular. These these are just regular American chips. Yours are are American Canadian. Canadian. Mine are also Canadian. Also Canadian. Uh So I feel like these are bag looks different here in the states. All right. So all dressed chips. um, I give them a. A five out of five years, or whatever our icon is. I told you. It's all the good parts about barbecue, and all the good parts about salt and vinegar. Yeah, which apparently isn't the ridiculous amount of vinegar. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's something for us to snack on uh, as we do this. But we are in Luke. I didn't tell you where we are today. Peter already knows, but mm-hmm. I'll tell the rest of you. We're in Luke 18. After... 17 chapters of Luke, we've, we've landed at 18, chapter 18, just because we're going sequentially. We are? Aren't there people who listen out of order? I've heard about this. What if we did the study out of order? What if we just did random chapters of Luke until they were all done instead of in order? Uh, no. No? no. Bad, bad idea? There, there a- used to be a, back in the day. I may still be on the radio. I don't know because I don't listen to much radio anymore. There used to be a Saturday morning countdown show. Oh, back yes. Back when rock alternative was like a big deal. Yes. And it was called Out of Order. Oh. With a dude named Jed the Fish. I remember that name. Uh, it was the top 10 or 20 for the week. 10, I think. Uh, done out of order. Except for number one was always miraculously the last one. Okay. But otherwise, it was completely out of order. That's cute. I, I do remember that. I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. We're not going to do that. No. Okay. We'll just go on to Luke 18. Welcome to episode 37. I'm just kidding. That's not true. We already did 37. We're, oh man, 41 episodes. I don't even know what to do with that. I do know, oh man, I'm struggling here. The chips are overwhelming me. I'm, Orion's eyes are wide as he chews on another chip. They're delicious. They're fantastic. Send your food to podcast at morethanhearers.com. It has been a couple of episodes (laughs) Can people email food? <laughs> we'll find out. I, I, I'm ready for it. We don't get enough emails, so we don't. Um, how do they compare to the ketchup chips? I can't pick a winner. I like for those both. of you who can't hear. Orion said, "I can't pick a winner. <laughs> I like them all, or both, all." Yeah, they're great. And you know what we need? Dress all dressed scones. No, we don't. <laughs> Dude, you take that back. <laughs> I just... Ketchup scones? <laughs> no, no dang that it. doesn't even sound good at all. Thank you, friend of the podcast, Jeff, Thanks, for Jeff. all dressed chips. I actually saw Jeff today. Did, he, did you know that he, he I didn't had, know about this. Okay, yeah. I'm surprised. It was a secret chip uh, I, donation. He had said something to me about having brought them back, but I thought he forgot or just yeah. consumed, consumed them on his own. Jeff's a good friend of the podcast. Uh All right, Luke chapter 18. Enough chips for now. Uh, Starting in verse 1, because we're doing them in order, we're not going to start the verses out of order, because that would be ridiculous. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. There was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, 
Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but he finally said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Hmm. This is so weird. Yeah. I believe you, before we started recording, referred to this as the parable of the nag. Uh, uh, yes. Is that, is that, did I get that right? That, that was the thing I said. She's nagging him. Yeah. Yeah. And this description to me of the judge kills me. Uh, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Yeah. He respects neither the creator of the universe nor the creation of the universe. Yeah. He just, he, <laughs> He doesn't give a heck about anybody. <laughs> nope, he's he's over it. That's how do you get so far? Uh, yeah, that's a that's pretty bad, right? Like, I, it's it's not it's not pertinent to the story. It's pretty bad off. Verse six: The Lord said, "Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off? I tell you, He will see that they get justice and quickly. However," When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Mm. I, it's funny because you could read this on the surface, especially verse 7. Will God not bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice in quickly. And part of me wants to read that and go, so if I just bug God enough, I get what I want? Um, it sounded like you don't even need to Bug God. I mean, yeah, it says that for those, well, for these people who cry out day and night, will he keep putting them off? I mean, he's at least put them off for day in order for night to come. Okay. But, I mean, I'm really getting picky there. <laughs> really. I mean, it's funny because uh, I think back to like the story of the children of Israel in slavery in Egypt for what, 400 years or something? An amount of time, a day uh, and a night plus. And maybe another day. Yeah. And God says to Moses at the burning bush, he goes, their cries have come up to me. And he, he's, he, that's what spurs the whole, let my people go, here have some frogs. Um, mm-hmm. And bloody river and locusts and stuff. Um, but that's where all that came from is the people of Israel were persistent. But it's funny because it, it, on the surface, this sounds like if we just, if we just hit God up, you know, God, I need a new car or a, um, like a winning lottery ticket. Well, we're talking or, about justice here. I know, I know, I know. I was trying to, I was getting there. <laughs> You you got ahead of me. Yeah. Okay, fine. So we're talking about justice. We really are talking about more than just asking for stuff. And the point that Jesus is trying to make is not so much about, I mean, it, it prefaces it. Um, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. But that last piece is really the key to this. He says, however, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When you're persistent with God, are you asking out of faith? Is it faith-driven? Is our prayer driven by faith? How do you ask out of not faith? I mean, if you keep coming back to God asking? Well, that's the thing. I think that's, that's the faith. That's the faith, sure. Because if you just ask, it's like, well, I've tried everything else. We'll see if this works. Yeah, hey, God, uh, can I have uh, some justice? If not, whatever. <laughs> it didn't work before. Hey, I uh, asked and he didn't give, so yeah. I'm done asking. Yeah, I'll throw a penny in this well. It might work. People mm. say it'll work. Like, I give it a shot. Like, that's, you know, it, it, it. you're right. The persistence is the evidence of the faith. Of the, coming to God with, this is where I know the answer exists. 
I'm not looking for the answer in someone else or in something else. I'm pressing into God for the answer. That's really the, the um, I want to say moral of the story, but that's not the right word. Uh, it sounds trite, yeah. but, but, but it it's kind of is. It's the point of the story. I mean, that's what... I think that's the same as a moral, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. A, I think I think I don't think it's an inaccurate statement. The moral. This the isn't a discussion of morality per se. Well, so that's why I was okay. avoiding the phrase "moral" of the story. The other thing that that is kind of funny here to me is the. Well, I had another funny thing. I, I think it's really funny. This guy goes, "I don't fear God or care what people think." Like, and like he proclaims that. Of mind to say it out yeah. loud to himself, right? Like. <laughs> Here's who I I know what I'm about, son. Yeah, yeah like, like like the narrator goes. There once was a man who neither feared God nor cared what people thought, and then they show the man. And he goes, I don't, I don't fear God. Yeah, like, care what people think. That's I love. That's a cute little <laughs> ad. I think <laughs> that he actually proclaims that. But then uh, when Jesus says, "So listen to what the uh, the unjust judge says," and so the the last reference, you know, the last statement he's referring to is. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. Uh, I think we're going to exclude the last part because God isn't like concerned that we're going to come attack him. So No, even if we did, it would be foolish on our part. He's going to win. <laughs> but also, God isn't unjust. So there's so much of so much of this uh like it's, it's a it's a contrast more than a compare, right? And 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 there is a little compare. And with hyperbole in the process, right? Like, Jesus is like, here's the opposite of God in every way. Right. Unjust judge who doesn't fear God or man or anything, doesn't care what anybody thinks, compared to God. God, right. Who doesn't, I mean, doesn't fear anybody and doesn't really care what people think, but all of his motives are love, not disregard. And what's the thing Jesus says that I feel like is a perfect dovetail into this, where he says, uh, what father... Uh, would when his son asks him for a, a for a, bread would give him a stone or a or a snake or something it's like yeah. or for fish and then he'd give him a, a, snake. a snake and then he's like you people who are evil you know give your kids good things you know how much more is the you know your Does father, the father in heaven give you good gifts we right? may have covered this in an episode but I don't remember for that sure. maybe why it's so f- uh, familiar to be you know in I don't know I mean I I've read most of this stuff before yeah. but it's uh, that that whole thing it's like comparing again to an evil like if an evil guy is even going to do the right thing how much more is uh, god who loves you so. yeah there's a there's a moral here too i've shared with my kids before moral there it is again that i've shared with my kids before about persistence um i used to manage a popular uh location for a popular coffee chain and um in Pete's was, coffee? Was it Pete's? No, it wasn't Pete's. That'd be funny, <laughs> wouldn't it? Though it was not Pete's. Okay, I'll leave it alone there. Uh, and uh, I needed to do some hiring, but I was really busy, and I had done some interviews. I liked a couple of people, but I just hadn't had time to sit down to follow up with any of them. And this one young lady that I had interviewed would call me almost every day. Hey, have you had a chance yet? Hey, have you had a chance yet? Hey, have you made a decision yet? Have you made a decision yet? And I tell my kids this, uh, especially when my kids were first getting into the job market of, I ultimately hired this girl to get her to leave me alone. That's real? That's a true story. She was a great candidate already. I had just been too busy to get some of the other pieces done. And she drove me nuts. And once I hired her, I could have 
assistant managers and, and, and supervisors and that sort of thing do all of her training. So I hired her to get her out of my hair. Nice. She turned out to be fantastic, actually. That's but, cool. Yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a principle of persistence. Uh, not annoyance, necessarily, but persistence. All right. Here's the thing. If you're in the NIV and, and say you're sitting somewhere, like you're on lunch at work or wherever you're listening to the podcast. So if you're driving down the road, don't do this. But if you're in the Bible with us and you're in an NIV and NIV's got those little like subheadings before different groups, there's a new one here. But I almost wish there wasn't because Jesus is on the same topic of prayer and persistence in prayer in this next parable. He says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Orion, do you remember, have we talked about tax collectors on this podcast before? I can't remember. It feels like it's come up. They're awful people. I believe it comes up. In this culture. They're they're like awful people. Because they're betrayers of of their own kind. So they have actually struck a deal with Rome to collect... Roman taxes from their Jewish brothers and sisters from while, their while skimming uh, well, extra from themselves. The, yeah, not 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 skimming from the Roman government, no. but from their brothers in in yeah, Israel. Yeah, and they've actually literally sold out. So when Rome had a tax district come up, it would come up for auction, and you would bid on it. Uh, I get Caesar this much. I get Caesar that much, and it would go to the best bid, basically. And you owed Caesar that much per whatever time period. Collect all you want, but you owe Caesar this much. And so these Jews would would basically sell out their countrymen. They would bid up for this tax district, and then they would collect whatever they could get out of people and keep a lot for themselves as long as they paid Caesar what Caesar was due. And so they really were despised. They weren't welcome uh, in the temple. They weren't welcome to you know go eat at like a Pharisee's house or anything like that. They weren't welcome in synagogues. They weren't uh, very good people. So they, in a way, they traded the the kingdom of God for wealth. For right, yeah, for yeah, in some way. And so it's funny because this is kind of a parable because it says two men went up to a temple to the, to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The audience would have gone, oh, a tax collector's gone to the temple. No, anyway. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Do you see the the reference? He goes, I, I'm no robber, I'm no evildoer, I'm no adulterer, <laughs> and I'm certainly no tax collector. Like, adulterer and robber and evildoer aren't as bad as... Yeah, he's building up to the ultimate villain. <laughs> Worst of all, God. <laughs> Uh, He says, I fast twice a week, this is verse 12, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus goes on to say in verse 14, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I don't need to explain this parable. Can I say things? Yeah, about please. It? Uh, this, I, I was thinking about this today. Uh, I don't. It's not a confession. 
It's just how I do. I don't typically read these ahead before we do these discussions, which leads a lot of times to me going, hey, the Bible says, and then it's like in the Bible. Yeah, like right passage. after. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, here it is. We're going to shift gears. Go ahead. But I, I was thinking about this today because I found myself thinking that I had a better position Ooh. in righteousness than another person because of justify, right? Because yeah. of my little justification. And then I went... Wait, wait, whose justification? Uh, wait, it was... I was justifying... I, I don't yeah, know if it's you were on the right track. I just wanted you yeah. to repeat it. Yeah, I was just yeah. I was justifying my... Self-justification. My way, yeah. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, right. So, and then, I, and then I, I remembered this, and I didn't know that we were going to be talking about this. But uh, And it's tough, because I have in the past prayed what I feel is a a genuine prayer of thanksgiving that I'm not how I used to be. Sure. And then even comparing, like, it'll be someone else's sin that calls to mind how I used to uh, have an issue with that sin or whatever, and then and then I give thanks that God has brought me out of that. And I don't even mean it in, like, a haughty, uh, arrogant sense. But then even that's humbling when I read this. It's like, I don't know how to be in a way, like, when it comes to this one. Because I'm not where the sinner is. I'm I'm not in that. I'm not in, as immersed in the sin as sure, he yeah. is. I mean, if we're doing talking relative, I mean, I you're no tax collector. I don't consider myself to be an active sinner. I know that I'm not perfect. I know I sin in my mind. I know that that's still a thing that I need to watch out for. Right. I still right. need to be vigilant. Vigilant. Right. But I'm not like. Uh, I don't feel like I'm in a constant state of repentance. I feel like. Uh, I've, I've, you know, the grace has been delivered. I'm good, and I'm trying to be as obedient as I can. Uh, and then when the fail, when I fail, then there's that uh, repentance and so forth. Uh, it's a lot to say. Just to just to summarize, or just to get to the point that I don't know how to take all this. Am I still supposed to be beating my breast? You know, and proclaiming my my sinfulness. Ooh, like, you know? I don't I don't know the answer to that. I think I think this parable points out more the the self justification piece than the than the difference in the prayers. I think the real issue with the Pharisee here is, well, thank God I'm not like all these other people. Well, the truth is, is we're all sinners saved by grace. Mm-hmm. Do we improve as time goes by? Yeah, but the scripture is also pretty clear that one sin's enough. Right, like. So if we're still on the one, if we're on the one sin level, we might as well be evildoer, adulterer, tax collector, murderer, murderer. But, but do we dwell there? No, no. That's the great thing about grace. Is right. We don't have to dwell there, but it's an acknowledgement. I think that's it. Is the spirit in our prayer needs to be the acknowledgement that our entire approach, just like we talked about a couple of episodes ago, about the whole praying in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. understanding that all of our access, all of our justification, all of our everything comes through Christ. And that we approach him that way, um, with humility. Yeah. Like our access comes through Christ. If Christ suddenly were to be removed from the equation, not going to happen. But if Christ were suddenly to be removed from the equation, our access is gone. And so I think there's a humility there. All right. All right. Did that answer your question or did I successfully skirt around it? You talked for a little while about it. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Verse 15. I'm going to hurt some feelings. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to baptize. Oh, no, no, no. For him to place his hands on them. Mm. Ryan, that didn't... Uh, 
I, Go ahead. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, you're like, that's what version is I he? Guess in? this could be baptism, but <laughs> no, I, I know what you're doing now. Yeah, it was not uh, baptism. Sorry, I. There is no justification biblically for baby baptism, is what you're saying. If you want to wash your baby at church, by all means, wash your baby at church. Just know that all you're doing is washing your baby. I, uh, I'm not gonna give. I'm not going to give. Um, what's the word? I'm not going to be a Catholic apologist on the air. I'm not Catholic. Really. I noticed. Um, I, knew that. I know you're not. And but if we have Catholic uh, listeners, and that's Presbyterians well do it too. I think. But Lutherans. Yeah. So, but but infant know. baptism is okay. a thing that some churches do, and I had the pleasure of uh, taking a course. It was to be a, a Godfather, uh-huh. which uh, I learned in the course. I can't be because I'm not Catholic. So, oh, I thought I thought so, you learned learned how to put a horse head in a bed. No, no different Godfather. Yeah. Oh, different Godfather. Yeah. Sorry, I want to take that class. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you have horses. You could. Yeah, you I could. Just, no, we're not doing that. Okay, okay. so okay. yeah, okay. So the, um, the in this course, there it was taught by a guy uh, who was I don't know what you call p- people like this because he wasn't a, a priest, but he was not. I don't know if he was. I don't know if it's layman and a, a clergy. I don't That's know. the two lines. Maybe. This yeah. guy was like in training or something. Okay. And he was awesome. He had like answers for like almost every Catholic, you know, kind of where Catholics and Pres- uh, excuse me, Protestants, Protestants. buttheads. Uh, he had like a biblical, actual, logical, foundational like reason for why they did those things. And, and then he kind of had to say, well, I have to side with the Catholic Church because I'm Catholic. But... He's like, that's why we do what, what we do. It's not just like random rules or traditions right. passed down with, with no reason for almost all of it, right? And I was really impressed, but we talked about infant baptism, and he had a really good uh, sort of – it was like, okay, I could see how you do that. It was, it was the thing where uh talked about some someone and their whole household was baptized. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, it's yeah, like, yeah. and he's like, would there have been kids in the household? And I go, very well possibly could have. And he's like, okay. So – he goes, does it hurt to baptize him? I go, no. no. So it's like, okay. Yeah, I, I totally, and that's what I was going to say. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not like it gives your baby a head start no. on the kingdom. Because it's not a confession of sin. It is not an acknowledgement for a need of, uh, for a savior. It is not a professing of Jesus's um, divinity. Yeah. It's not a lot of things. Yeah. It's washing it is your getting baby wet. church. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in most Protestant churches, we do baby dedications. Sure. They're like infant baptism without water. Yeah, we don't like to get them wet because it looks like baptism. And, <laughs> and we, it, yeah, I don't know. I, then you got to dry off your baby or hold the wet baby in church. Oh. I don't know. Anyway. Babies usually cry anyway because they're already they touching do. them. And All right, so there, I, enough on that. Back to that verse. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. I love this passage. The old King James, Suffer the children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven, or something to that effect. Um, I love it because... Um, it, it, it's not that we have to approach Jesus or approach the kingdom of God or approach salvation without any knowledge or without any logic or without any intelligence. It's just that 
Kids for kids, faith is so easy. You tell them something and they just believe it. They don't spend a whole lot of time reasoning it out. It happens. If you tell them that the tooth fairy didn't come because you forgot to call her, they'll wrestle with that one for a little bit and finally give in once the money shows up. Ask me how I know. (laughs) There's a lot of times I forgot to call the tooth fairy and had to pay out the second night or the third. Was there interest? Or the fourth. No, kidding me. (laughs) This isn't a democracy. This isn't banking. It's a stupid tooth that fell out, not because of anything you did. All right. We're not, and I, yeah, we're not doing that. But this idea that we approach the kingdom of God with a with a, a measure of faith, back to that um, when the kingdom or when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You know, it's that um, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. We've got to approach by faith. If you go all the way back to the episodes, the early episodes of this podcast when we were in Romans, Paul talks repeatedly in Romans about our justification by faith. It's actually all over the New Testament. It's how we're justified. It's how Abraham was justified. It was by faith. All right. I'm a butthead again. Sorry. Ready? Go ahead. This is in verse 17. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it is another one I don't know how to be with. I don't know. When I say I don't know how to be, it means I don't, I literally don't know how I'm supposed to be as a student of Scripture. I don't know how to act. I don't know how to think. That's when I say I don't know how to be. Can I read it to you in the NASB? Because it, it swallows a little better. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. That doesn't help me. I don't really? know what it means. And then you say, well, it's like it's just a simple faith thing. They don't need a, an explanation or whatever. And then, see, I'm the knucklehead that literally, I don't know... I don't know that I've ever, uh, in my understanding, like done this whole, I'm, try, I'm trying not backpedal because it's like, well, does that mean I'm not going to enter the kingdom? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've, got, I've, I've dug myself in good now. But, but literally the logic, the reasoning is what has uh, driven my faith so deep. Oh, but... Can I take you back? Go ahead. I take you back to episode 16. Do you remember episode 16? Uh, was that where I didn't know how to be? No. <laughs> we were telling our stories. Okay. If you're new to the podcast, you want to know who we are, go back and listen to episode 16. It's all about, uh, it's a Ryan and I talking about kind of our coming to faith and why we do this podcast and whatever else. Um, uh, you can find it on your podcast app or on the website or whatever. But you tell the story of this moment you had with God where you were like, hey, show me a sign. Yeah, giving him a try and all and that. And you got a sign. Mm-hmm. No logic involved. No. That's where you started. Yeah, okay. Okay, your faith now has grown because the more you've learned and the more you've grown in your understanding of Scripture, the more logic and reason has been applied to your faith as it sits now. But you came to faith rather innocently on, on simply just on you came to faith. First, I, it was an absent um, logic or reason, right? Well, it, I and and again, I don't know how to I don't know how to resolve a lot of this stuff because even just the prayer of okay, God, if you're a thing, then I'm willing to give this a try, uh, but show me what that you know, show me what to do or whatever. I don't know what to do, uh, and then he's like, well, here's a simple, you know, he's like a simple follow me, basically, almost him just saying follow me, right. with, with a shooting star, um, and. And so it's like, okay, I had an amount of faith that was, I think, propelled by 
uh, a really cool time at youth group and feeling good and then feeling alone, you know, immediately following it. But then I don't just I just wrestle with this like like a child. I don't understand the like a child. And maybe I'm just so I'm far removed from the uh, the childlike faith that now I'm like the well-established old man faith. Yeah, I don't know. But will you ungrow up? I wish, huh? Oh, yeah, okay. So, anyway, I'm, I'm butthead today. I'm sorry. No, no, I love it. I, it's it's worth the pushback because um, you're probably not the only one. That's there's why listeners when I'm a butthead, it's usually because Driving down of, the road yeah. and they're like, wait a minute, what about, I didn't, and so it's, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I don't like to leave things, if I if I have something to say that gives somebody a little bit of solace in, uh, that. yeah, uh, that's tough to chew uh, sometimes that's why I'm the way I am. I like it. Okay. It's part of the reason why this whole thing works. I won't I apologize. Don't. I won't <laughs> let you. I, we've talked, Ryan and I have talked a lot in the last week um, about this podcast. We're over 40 episodes in at this point. We've been doing it for a little over a year. Um, it's one of my favorite things. We have a hard time getting together to record, but every time we do, I'm like, why don't we do this more often? And then the next time we're supposed to get together, I'm like, uh, do you want to? Because I kind of don't want to. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, um, I love what we do here. And this is part of it. This, um, I don't see it that way or I have a hard time coming at it from that way. Is, is I love it, man. So, All right, thanks. Um, this next parable's got some depth and a couple of things I think that are worth talking about. Let's go into it. Verse 18. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. Pause there. I love this interaction on so many levels. The first one is this. The guy goes, good teacher. And Jesus goes, why do you call me good? No one's good except God. And I'm over here, the other side of this going, oh, but you are you God. Are God. That's why he called you good, except we know that that's not why dude called him good. Sure. The other thing that I love about this interaction is there is a huge, maybe not as big as I think it is, there is a significant group of thought in our society today that says Jesus was not God, he didn't die on a cross for my sins, and he didn't raise again three days later, but he was... A, a good teacher. A, a good great, teacher. A great or teacher. great teacher or a moral teacher. Right. And and people get stuck there. They're like, well, but he was God. Well, I think he's a good teacher. Well, he said he was God. Do you still think he was a good teacher? He taught that he was God. And it's so funny because I actually had this interaction on Instagram a week or two ago, not on my own post, on someone else's, um, where somebody was somebody posted a quote from C.S. Lewis. It was like, and another person commented and said, I think that's a great quote, but I don't think uh, Jesus is really God, and I don't think he ever really said that. So me being yeah. the jerk I am because I hang out with Orion. <laughs> I rubbed off. <laughs> I was like, here's a couple of verses where Jesus says, "I and the Father are one." Before Abraham was, I am. And the guy responded with, "Oh, those are good verses. I just I don't know that we can know for sure what's true and what's not true." And then I was like, "There's no discussion to have." Well, no, I. I had a what I thought what I think was a great comeback, and now I got to look it up because I don't remember the the exact. Go uh, ahead and look it up, and, and I'll and I'll tell you how. Please. If somebody thinks that we can't be sure, we can't know, or even just they believe that there are no 
of absolute truths. And so truth is this thing that's kind of just malleable or it's unknown. Then there's no point to anything. I mean, there's no point if I call, if I, if I say, Hey Peter, and you go, Oh, I, my name is not Peter anymore. Uh, now it's, uh, Matthew or Luke or some other biblical name. Sure. Uh, and then it's Cephas. like then the, Cephas. There you go, uh-huh. Simon. Um, <laughs> so and then then it's like, well, we had a kind of a, a landmark that we'd established. Like we're going to call him Peter, and now we're going to call him something else. And so all the stories that I tell people when I say Peter, and then people go, no, I don't know who that is, or some new guy that we met this Peter. And then and people are allowed to have different names anyway, or it's the same name and different people. But but we need to have we need to know that things are true or not true based on some absolute standard. And the stupidest thing that I think I've probably ever heard anyone say, and I'm not even bothered to, to quote it because I know she won't listen to this podcast, <laughs> but, but uh, the statement, there are no absolute truths. And I said, that an is absolute... an absolute statement. Yeah. And if it's true, it contradicts itself. What do you do with that? Well, okay, that's the only absolute truth then. So the, then, the, then the statement has to be, there is one absolute truth, and it is that there are no absolute truths. No. It still doesn't work. It's, it's a paradox. It's moronic. That, well, yeah, that's how you divide by zero. Yeah, it's moronic. Yeah. So the person said, um, uh, Jesus never claimed to be God, at least not directly. And I, I quoted John 10.30, which says, uh, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And I said, Jesus stated directly that he was no different from the Father. And the person said, I, I'm not sure it's the same thing, uh, but I'm not going to argue with you because I don't think that any human knows the truth. Okay. So my response was a um, uh, quote of John eight thirty one and 32, which is, To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I said, If, if we can't know truth, why would Jesus say that we will know truth? Jesus lie. Mm. And I went on to say, um, everything we know about Jesus and his teaching comes from the Bible. If it's not true, if the Bible's not true, then we don't know Jesus. And if we don't know Jesus, we don't know God. And 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 if if God and Jesus can't be known because the Bible's not true, then we're a poop creep. Then maybe no they don't paddle. exist. And I said with the no problem canoe. is is that we can know God and we can know Jesus, and the truth about them is found in the pages of Scripture. And then she said that it hurt her feelings. So Okay. I told you that was an unwinnable one. It was. But the point is this. This idea that Jesus is just a good teacher, fine. If he's a good teacher, you have to accept what he said. Everything. And he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I and the Father are one. He said things like, before Abraham was, I am. He said a bunch of stuff that that we've wrestled with here because... because we're gain worldly simple. wealth for yourself, so that when it's gone, you will live in earthly uh, There's eternal been some dwellings. Tough ones. Yeah, yeah, but we still have two to, episodes ago. We still give it to him and go. Okay, he knows. He knows, and he's and he's not lying. Yeah. We don't understand what he's saying, but we know he's not lying. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's that's an amount of faith, huh? So back to this. Why do you call me good? I love that the question comes up. All the way back then, because people are still doing it now. And he goes, why do you call me good? It's in verse 19. No one is good except God alone. And he goes, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. It's some of the top ten. It's Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. All of these I've kept since I was a boy, the guy says. And Jesus heard this. He said to him, 
You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. And Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. I want you to pause there because some people get stuck here. They go, well, does that mean I get to sell everything I have and give it to the poor? Yes, podcast at morethanhearers.com on no, PayPal. No, you're doing just, it. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, you're talking to a guy who from the pulpit on Sunday said, give 100% of your income to the church. Uh, you didn't say give it. I said, try it. <laughs> you, Did I? I don't remember what I said. Uh, it had to be there in context. You just said 100% of, of what we uh, Ever have yeah. is God's. I think I said write a 100% check if God's leading you to. That's true. You did. Uh, yeah. If he is. And that's and that's true. You should. That's still true. Um, but you should probably ask him. You should make sure. Yeah. I, I, I would. <laughs> personally. It's This isn't about money. Even though it's about money, it's not about money. Jesus is just going, you know the commandments, keep those. And he goes, I've kept them all since I was a boy. And Jesus goes, but your heart's still not in it. He goes, you've been focusing on keeping the rules and you've missed the rule giver. He goes, I'll prove it because you're still attached to something that's not the rule giver. Uh, Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the guy goes, I'm not. I'm not ready for that. I'm not. I'm not that far in. And Jesus goes, then you're not in. Yeah. If you're not ready to abandon everything, forget it. And he goes, uh, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And I don't know how many of you have grown up in church and heard all sorts of metaphors to this thing. The the eye of the needle, the camel thing? Yeah. I, I heard the one where there was a place. It was like a, a doorway. Yeah, it was low. It was very, yes, the only it was way very, for the camel to get through to was on stoop his knees. Down. It was very challenging. He had to get on his knees. <laughs> okay, like praying, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a camel. Uh huh. They're big through the eye of a needle. They're small. Uh huh. I think I said once from the pulpit, the only way to do this is to get a really big blender, and it didn't. Oh, go, you said it that. didn't go over very well at all. I loved that. I just said it again on the podcast. That was good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for the repeat. <laughs> You're welcome. That was worth it. I can't see me. Am I red? Because I feel red. <laughs> um, this is literal camel, literal needle. It is easier for that to happen, and you go, well, that can't happen. So does that mean that a rich person can't go to heaven? No, it means someone who's caught on or following after something that's not God, something other than Jesus is your Lord, you got problems in relation to heaven. What does Paul say in Romans 10? Go back to episode 10, you'll find out. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. He says, confess with your mouth to Jesus as Lord. Jesus as the most important thing, what governs, guides, and directs your life. That's it. Believe in Jesus as Lord and believe, or confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. This is less about money and more about Lord. Besides, who even is rich if everything belongs to God anyway? Oh, man. (laughs) Somebody was paying attention on Sunday. Wow. I love this. Uh, To those who heard this, uh, those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Verse 27, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And then my buddy, one of my favorite guys in the Bible, the knucklehead, Peter said to him, verse 28, 
we have left all we had to follow you. And I actually did a message on this a couple of years ago because I love it. Peter, if you don't know, if you go all the way back to early in the Gospels when Peter and his brother Andrew were called, along with James and John, their business partners, they were fishermen. They had uh, Peter, James, and John sailboat fishing charters. Uh, that was, I don't know if that was the name of it or not. Peter owned some boats. He had some business. He had a home and a family and all of these other things. And he did abandon it all to follow Jesus. And Jesus goes, the rich can't get into heaven. And Peter's like, but I, but I left everything I have to follow you. What do you mean? Like Peter's stuck. He's missed everything else. All he's heard is rich can't get into heaven. And he goes, I, I've abandoned everything to follow you. And Jesus goes, truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, verse 29, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. It's prosperity gospel, Orion. Oh, it does look like it. Give it all up and you'll receive much in this age. Many times as, as much in this age. It doesn't say money. As much. It says... As much boats? It says left home, wife, brother. So it means you get more wives. Oh! And sisters and <laughs> brothers. Um, yeah. Was that right? Um, no? Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. parents. I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's, it's not about, like, the things we get. It's about blessing, I think. I know what it says. I think it's about blessing. I think that's the only way to properly understand it. Okay, good. 31, Jesus took the 12 aside and he told them, we're going up to Jerusalem. Spoiler alert, that's where we're starting to get in the book of Luke. Um, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They'll mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. I never noticed that before, Orion. What? He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. It doesn't say he will be delivered over to the Jews. Okay. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. We usually think of like the Jews are the ones that set him up, right? And sold him out. Well, they They did. Were. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but Jesus references it as being an instrument of the Gentiles. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the story. No. And and uh and in fact, I mean Acts, book of Acts, uh Peter calls out the Jews. The Jews hard. And he says you Killed Jesus. I think we're going to do Acts after Luke. Oh, gosh. No? Yes. Really? Yes. Why? Let's do it. I want to. Okay. Why are you afraid? Uh, every, the Bible scares me. The Bible is a very intimidating... <laughs> I love it. What? what? I, <laughs> There's no book you could have said where I've been like, that's an easy one. Let's do Leviticus. Mm. <laughs> Acts it is. <laughs> okay. Um... He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They'll mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They'll flog him and kill him. And on the third day, he'll rise again. And I love this. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Did we've you... talked about this before, you and I. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. We, I think we have. Because you're the guy where if Jesus would have said something that bananas, you'd have been like, wait, what? 
Got a challenge. Excuse you me. Stick up. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Wait. No, that doesn't. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not following. You no. said rise again. Yeah. Run that by one more time because I wasn't clear. Because it sounded like you said. Whereas I, I followed all guy. the way up until rise again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I. Um. Uh. I'm the opposite. I. Uh, I. I'd be like. I have no idea what he means. Let's just keep going. <laughs> it's so. It's the difference in our styles. I can see this. I can see them going, uh, okay, all right, well, whatever. Next, like, let's do the next thing. As Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. I love this story. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So he's like, super cool. No, no. He calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. If you're reading this in a Bible along with us, there's an exclamation point. I'm not going to yell because we're in the studio and it echoes. It's not that bad. Uh, it's okay. That's fine. I just, I'm not going to yell. I do the yelling around here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Hang on, because the story gets really good. But I want you to see a couple of things here. One, the guy's begging. He's been begging his whole life. He's a blind dude. He begs. That's what he does. And he's begging, and all of a sudden he hears, because he can't see, a lot of traffic and a lot of people, a lot of commotion. And he goes, hey, hey, what? Circus in town? What's mm-hmm. going on? And they go, no, 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 Jesus of Nazareth. And he goes, I've heard about this guy. <gasps> I've heard about this guy. And he calls Jesus out, not just by his name, by who he knows he is. Jesus, son of David, who they were expecting as the Messiah, right? A descendant of the line of David. Word about who Jesus is has reached his ears. Have mercy on me. Not, hey, blind guy over here, I want to see. He just, son of David, have mercy on me. And they go, hey, shh, cut it. And he goes, oh no, 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 only (laughs) chance. He's coming this way now. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus goes, who is doing all the hollering? And you can almost see him going, oh, look, now you've made him mad. He's going to be really mad at you. You should see what he's going to do to a fig tree in a couple of days. <laughs> oh, wait, they wouldn't have known. Never mind. I'm getting my stories backwards chronologically. And so Jesus goes, go, just go get him. So they drag him over. and They go, you're in a lot of trouble now. Now he's asked for you. And Jesus goes, uh, what do you want? And the guy goes, 50 bucks? <laughs> no, no. The level of faith here, and it's what this whole chapter has been talking about. The level of faith here. This guy is a professional blind beggar. He has been blind his whole life, begging by the side of the road. It's what he does. Highest traffic day of his whole life. And somebody goes, what do you want? And he gets right to the point. He goes, I want to see. I love it. Jesus goes, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus, praising God. And when all these people saw it, they also praised God. And another thing I like about this story, and I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but here it is again, in case you're listening out of order and you've missed it. Jesus heals several blind guys in his ministry, in his three and a half years of ministry. One guy, he spits in the mud, spits in the dirt, makes mud, rubs it on the guy's eyes, tells him to wash off the guy can see. Another time, this guy just goes, I want to see. And Jesus goes, okay, you can see. It's never the same way twice. And I love that because we want, I want, I won't put it on anybody else. I want Jesus to be formulaic. I want to be, okay, 
if I back to the parable of the parable of the persistent widow or Orion's version, parable of the nag. Back to that. I want it to be if I ask enough times, God will do it. I want it to be if I give financially, I will get blessed financially. I want it to be if I this, then God that. And the New Testament repeatedly, the stories of the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the apostles in the book of Acts are the complete opposite of that. God is anything but formulaic. The only thing that's formulaic about it is the faith. It's that we approach with faith, but that we understand at the same time that our faith doesn't override his will. This wasn't the first blind dude who came across Jesus. He probably wasn't even the only blind dude begging in that town. He probably wasn't even the only blind dude looking for not blind anymore. God doesn't always do what we think he should do. He, he does what he does. I don't even know why. I'd like to tell you I know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I think there's a principle in here of when we approach him, we ask for what we want. We don't beat around the bush. We don't try to... <laughs> I was going to say manipulate God, but that sounds so stupid to say out loud, doesn't it? Like, I, I, I'd like to, uh, you know... Uh, I'd love to read books, God. Like, what do you really want? Well, I want to see. Okay, why didn't you just say that? We can do that with my kids all the time. Quit beating around the bush. Get to the story. Let's let's hear. What are you after from me? I don't need three weeks of history for you to tell me you need a lock for PE. Just go, hey, Dad, I need a lock for PE. Am I making sense? Because you're looking at me like... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good. You're just eating all dress chips. I am just eating all dress chips. Okay, good. Uh, so yeah, we're really kind of at the end. We're not kind of it. We're at the end of the chapter. Um, the, the thing I'll leave you with, and we'll we'll finish on is that last verse, verse forty three of Luke eighteen. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. That's the other formulaic piece. One is faith, and the other is all the glory goes to God, all the honor goes to God, all the praise goes to God. That's our response to God moving in our lives.